All right, assalamu alaikum family. Welcome to this morning's power call. Today we are still on, as you can see, study guide number 18, rising above emotions into the thinking of God. The section that we're going to be on today is relationships. If you know anybody that you would like to invite to the call, send them the link www.thepowercall.net and uh, they'll be in the waiting room and we'll let them in. But every Monday through Friday, unless I let you guys know I'm not going to be on or I'm traveling, something like that. Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Central Time, we will be on same Zoom link. Same passcode, even if you all do not receive a text message. The reason I'm saying that is because the text messages, the text messages are about to run out. Um, I'll talk about that afterward because I think I'm going to change. I think I'm going to change companies so that we can uh, have unlimited because uh, this thing is growing. And the more it grows, the, the earlier it's going to start to run out. So we'll talk about that later. But. Today we are on relationships, so I'm going to start off reading this thing, and then uh, if you guys are on for your very first time, please take notes and uh, take note of what's standing out to you, and um, we will discuss it at the end. All right, relationships. When Noah was commanded to build the ark to save himself and the believers from destruction, naturally he desired to save his own wife and son. In the Holy Quran, we read, At length, when our command came and water gushed forth from the valley, we said, Carry in it two of all things, a pair in thine own family, except those who against whom the word has already gone forth, and those who believe, and there believe not with him but a few. And it moved on with them in waves like mountains. And Noah called out to his son, and he was aloof. Oh, my son, embark with us and be not with the disbelievers. How would it feel to be told by Allah, God, that his word has already gone forth against one of our loved ones? Shock, bewilderment. Certainly your child has faults, but to be condemned to destruction by the God you are working so hard to serve. How many years did Noah devote to building the ark? How long did he endure the scorn and mockery of the community he was a part of at the end of his suffering for the sake of Allah God? Could not Allah excuse his son's aloofness? And Noah cried to his Lord and said, my Lord, surely my son is of my family and thy promise is true and thou art the justice of judges. He said, oh, Noah, he is not of thy family. He is an embodiment of unrighteous conduct. So ask not of me that of which thou hast no knowledge. 
I abonish, uh, I ad- admonish the lest thou be of the ignorant. No parent wants to see their child destroyed, no matter what the child has done. We petition the teacher on behalf of the child. Even after maturity, we may petition the child's employer for consideration. When he or she goes astray, we petition the judge for leniency. How painful it must have it must have for Noah to be denied his humble petition on behalf of his son. And yet he obeyed his Lord. Lot loved his wife, but we ordained her to be of those who remain behind. So we delivered him and his followers, except his wife. She was of those who remain behind. Allah, God ordered something adverse to the emotional attachments of the prophet. The wife of Lot looked back because what she was leaving behind in Sodom and Gomorrah was dearer to her than what Allah God was calling her to through her husband. Both Noah and Lot were more faithful servants of Allah God, but neither of them was able to save his family members. When the family members went against the message, the prophet brought Allah sets forth an example for those who disbelieve the wife of Noah and the wife of Lot. They were under two of our righteous servants, but they acted treacherously towards them. So they availed them not against Allah God. And it was said into the fire with those who enter. Holy Quran, Surah 66 and 9. Just as Noah had to part with the disbelieving son, Abraham had to cease and cease his quest for forgiveness on behalf of a disbelieving father. Apparently, Abraham was close to his family, but had to disassociate himself from them. This must have been very painful. However, because of his faith, he was blessed with two sons who were prophets. Your relationships and your children would not profit you on the day of resurrection. He will decide between you and Allah is the seer of what you do. Indeed, there is for you a good example in Abraham and those with him when they said to their people, we are clear of you and of that which you you serve besides Allah. We disbelieve in you and there has arisen enmity. And hatred between us and you forever until you believe in Allah alone, except Abraham saying to his sire, I would ask forgiveness for thee and I control not for thee from Allah. Surah 60 and three. Yet after blessing Abraham with his beautiful son, Ishmael, Allah, God commanded him to give his son's life as a sacrifice. What must Abraham have felt upon receiving this instruction to kill any child, but especially his own, whom he had been blessed with as an answer to a prayer, a righteous child? How could the same God who gave him the son now ask him to kill it? So when they both submitted and he had thrown him down upon his forehead, And we called out to him saying, oh, Abraham, thou hast indeed fulfilled the vision 
Thus do we reward the doers of good. Surely this is a manifest trial. Holy Quran, Surah 37 and 100. How was Abraham able to overcome the emotional reaction to the command? By faith, Abraham obeyed. This is Hebrews 11 and 7. Woo! All right, that's, that's, that's the section, y'all. Go ahead and raise your hands if you have anything that stood out. Man, I know it's something that stood out on that right there, y'all. Ooh, I know it's something that stood out. Go ahead and raise your hands. Go ahead and raise them hands. If you have anything that stood out for you. All right, let's go with, uh, we got Sister Demetria. Is yes, that- sir. Ice Lake. Um, what Lake is um, For me, this is a, a tricky one because I have children who are, you know, just getting into adulthood and are not in the mosque. Mm. And so it's always a pull to balance me loving Allah and doing what he says and trying to get my children to see that what Allah says is right and exact and to follow it is peace to follow it is heaven. You know, I just had a son who just got back Sunday from Budapest. And so I was so worried because the minister has told us no travel. And so I tried to explain and explain and he just didn't get it, you know? And so the worry that goes along with it, but all praises due to Allah, he is helping me to see through my children that we are individually connected to him. And even though we establish, build relationships, have children, the ultimate goal is our meeting with our Lord. And so in order for us to, you know, please Allah, we have to focus on Allah and not focus on what the man beside us is necessarily doing except to be a good example. And if Allah pleases, he will grant him permission, you know, and that's what you pray for. But at the same time, focusing on Allah and what Allah wants for me and is offering me is what my goal is. And I pray that those that I love make it, but I just try to stay focused straight ahead and not looking to the left or the right. So that was my comment. Thank you for letting me share. Yes, ma'am. Is that the great brother Gerald from 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 Instagram that I see up there? <laughs> salam alaikum. Walaikum salam. Thank you for tuning yes. in. Yes, sir. Praise be to Allah. I'm, to be honest, I raised my hand on accident, but uh, I do have um, something that came to mind when Sister was just talking. Um, I was thinking about the Sister was talking about focus on Allah. And I know that we have to understand and know that Allah is the only reality. And um, I heard a lecture where the minister was saying, he said, we are all really just illusions. We're, we're here today and we're going tomorrow as though we never even existed. And um, he also talked about how like the prophets, most of their faces and names, you don't remember those only name that most of us uh that that will live forever is Allah. And so that's the um, reality that we have to focus on. That's the only reality that's going to exist. And that's the only real reality. So if you go against 
reality and you worship illusions, um, then you'll fall victim like uh, Lot and our uh, Lot's wife and uh, Noah's son. Mm. Man, something that stood out for me. Now, this last part now, y'all know. Well, if you don't know, because I, I don't think it, it actually said it. But when 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 Abraham was praying for a son. Now, watch this. Now, I mean, I want us to just think about the principles of of what we asking for. Right. Oh, this is deep. Think about something that you really been wanting. Right. Whether if it's a man, whether if it's a car, whether if it's a new home, whether if it's a new job, some food, if you're homeless, what's something that you I'm talking about, you really been wanting. And God bless you with it. You finally got it. I mean, you've been working for this all for years. And then God says, sacrifice it. Ooh. So as he's and then as he's about to. And then this, then this is the part that got me right. Abraham and his son accepted it. Now his son finna be sacrificed. Now it says in the in the story here that he was obe- he accepted it. All right, I should have did what we gotta do. Now, I know it's hard on Abraham because Abraham been praying for a son. The son is born, and he probably I'm, I'm I mean, I'm just thinking about being in his shoe. Now, what I do, he accepts it. And right before he sacrifices him. It says that he uh, angel stopped it and replaced him with a ram. So he was testing his belief, testing his faith. What type of faith do you have to have to do that? So when we are going through sacrificing, we need to study Abraham. Because some of us, man, we've been working real hard for a lot of things. Oh, man, we done got emotionally connected. We got sweat equity. We done put money into it. And sometimes, man, that which we put money into, time into, we want to hold on to it because I got so much sweat equity. But God may be telling us, now sacrifice it. I may have something better for you on the other side. Oh, that's deep for me. And then another one that stood out for me, that hit me personally, uh, it said that, that, that lots uh, was it Lot, Lot's wife? Let me make sure. Is it Lot or wife? Uh, Lot or Noah's wife that look back? Because I don't want to mess it up, and I ain't got time to scroll back up. Let me know. Lot, Lot, Lot's wife look back. She had to be left behind because she's looking back when God, when she's looking back at something else. When God got something else for them that they building over here in the future, and that was just a reminder. Boy, stop looking back for you be left behind for what I got for you over here. See, it, it may not be a, a destruction, death, but death of what, but it may be the death of what I got for you over here. It may be the death of the, of the better opportunity that I got for you right here. You keep looking back if you want to. Yeah, I know. I know it hurt. Oh, I know you was attached to it. Oh, I know you had did something over here, but boy, I got you looking this way. And if you keep looking back, oh, boy, you're going to turn into a pillar. So, so that's, that's what I get from that as well. So, man, and this is deep because, see, it, I know we may be saying, no, my wife is, oh, my wife ain't going to never. And we are taught that we can turn hypocrite overnight. 
So you don't know who you may be laying in bed with. There'll be a believer today and a disbeliever tomorrow. Right? But what I want us to understand, because some of us may not have a disbelieving woman, but how I or a disbelieving man, but how I'm looking at that is okay, a wife or a husband. This is something that you closely connected to. So even that which we are closely connected to, we may have to leave behind to follow his command. And and, and what type of faith, what type of obedience do we have to have to leave that that, that which we are married to, that which we have really became one to, because it ain't the paper. It's really marriage is about becoming really one. The minister said, how many of y'all are married? Everybody raise their hand. Now he said, y'all ain't married yet. Y'all ain't one. That paperwork don't make you one. That take time and discipline and all kind of stuff to become one. So what have we become one with that we may have to let go? And then there's a, then we're taught that obedience is the highest form of sacrifice. So those are the two things that stood out for me. I'm sorry. Uh, let's go to Sister Yolanda. Uh, as the sister spoke in the beginning about uh, the relationship with children, I too have had my struggles with that. And in the uh, paragraph, no parent wants to leave their children destroyed no matter what the child has done. It took me a little while to come around to, okay, really accepting that I was the vessel Allah God used to bring forth my children. Even though I didn't, I was not born in a nation, I was uh, raised in the church. So there was a spiritual foundation being laid. Nevertheless, in the nation and learning what I have learned thus far, especially with paying holidays, what they represent and so on and so forth. As I, my children began to come into young adults and I came into the nation when my daughter was in a 10th grade of high school. And I'm just, I just would look like, what the heck am I doing so wrong (laughs) that these children are Going off the path. I know we're not perfect, but nevertheless, I took a stance in my life to allow nothing or no one to disrupt my peace. And my peace, I found in Allah, in these teachings, and even for myself. Yolanda, you remember you said you are not going to allow anyone or nothing to disrupt your peace. And with me taking that stance, putting into practical application these teachings, and even as I see my children live how they choose to live, I don't talk at them. I just drop the seeds. And then when my youngest daughter turned 21, oh, mom, you're going to have a drink with me. This, that, and other. No, ma'am. Oh, it's my 21st birthday. You better be thankful that Allah God allowed you to get to this 21st birthday. Look over the road that you have traveled and get the lessons out of it. See, just see what is it? How can I improve upon self? And for Yolanda, 
the way I can do that is following the teachings with whoever your God is, whatever you worship scripture, however you do it, put into practical application, the lessons. So that was something that stood out for me. And even as you mentioned, Lot's wife, looking back, I put that to myself. I'm not going to allow my children to hinder me from going forward because I can't keep looking at them and what they do because I had a past as well and I had to learn. So keep my eye on the sparrow moving forward, even though it's it's going to be a little pain, but he's I'm pregnant with something he's birthing with inside of me so that I can birth it out. I'm sorry. I said that a little backwards. Nevertheless, it's, we have to put it into practical application to build our faith and to see these words that we hear and talk about come alive. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Sister Yasina. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Brother Salaritus Muhammad and Brother Elijah Farrakhan had they did this uh, Instagram live. Um, a while back. And one of the things that Brother Solaritus said, he said, I'm raising adults. I'm not raising children. And I think I'm quoting him correctly. And that made me think about it. He went on because he has small children and his wife like I do. And it made me think about my children. My children are 11 and 7. And I always tell them, they're not mine. They belong to Allah. My, my womb was the blessing place for them to come into fruition. But they don't belong to me. I love them wholeheartedly. Those are my babies. But they don't belong to me. So I raise them, I'm striving to raise them where they will fall more in love with Allah and grow closer to Allah, always respecting me as the vessel that Allah used. But they don't belong to me. But I do what I can as a mommy to make sure that I feed them not just physical food, but feed them, feed them spiritual food properly. So they can't say they, as they grow older, they don't know. They didn't know. Because they belong to Allah. And he is the giver of life, the cause of death. He knows our path. We don't know. So my children, whatever path they take as they get older, it's between them and Allah. And I pray daily that I do my, my due diligence to give them what they need so that when they go out into the world, whatever path they choose, there's no grief on me. They are for those sisters who have children who are adults and you know you've given them 
the best of what you can give them, they belong to Allah. And to Allah is their eventual return. He knows those who he's plucked out of the fire, whom he will save. Because he said he will pluck some of the worst out of the fire. Don't give up on them. Pray for them. And then hope that Allah will see them worthy of being plucked out of the fire. Being a parent is, is hard, but it's, a, it's rewarding. We say our prayer, our sacrifice, our life, and our death belong wholly to Allah. So when we grieve and we, and we run after people, whether they're children, whether they're men, whether they're women, we take them as a God besides Allah. Mm. So we have, to be we have to be mindful of that. Of not finding ourselves in shirk. Where they become our God. And we take our hands off of the door when we're right there. We take our hands off of the handle and we're right there at the door. And all we got to do is turn it and go through. Assalamualaikum. Walaikum salam. Woo. Right before you said that I was thinking about that perspective that, uh, we are taught that they, you know, they coming through us. Uh, but they are the children of God. We are just students, stewards over them. And as you were saying that, I thought about what we just read. I thought about what we just read last week about how Cain, his offering was rejected. And because his offering was rejected, he thought that God was rejecting him. And it made me think about as a parent, sometimes we may think because my child did not accept something. And in some instances, it is true, but not in all instances that if my child is reject or if my child don't accept it, then God is, is not accepting me or rejecting me is something that I did. And again, for I'm just, you know, as parents, you know, we are that first example. Mama, you the first, you know, you, you God as we're taught, but every every time it's not. That child becomes an adult and makes makes his and her own decision, no matter how good of an example you was. You know, because we've seen people join and they had bad examples. So Belief is between them and Allah and our and, and our and our duty is to is to enjoin them to do good and still even with them deliver a clear message. But it's on them to make the ultimate decision. So that's a big, 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 big trial because that's your child. You know, you you you, you bled over them through the birth. You you sacrifice, you sacrifice money and time. So that's a big trial right there. Uh, Sister Brianna. Assalamualaikum. Ah, so what this had me think about is sometimes he's just testing our faith, right? Like I've been praying for like a better paying job for a while, right? And 
I'm not used to going on interviews and not getting a position. Like, that's so foreign to me. <laughs> I've been working since I was 14. And if I get the interview, I get the job. And a lot has just been like, nope, nope, nope. We're not going to let you get this one or that one. And then I get a position and it, it pays really well. But I accepted it on Friday. And praise be to God, I did not start. <laughs> I I used to move around the last five years. I moved 11 times. No exaggeration. I move a lot. Right. And I, But I'm done moving around. I want to settle down. And this job, even though it pays really well, it wants me to move like every couple of months. So sometimes he gives us stuff just to see where we are. Right. Because I thought that this was what I was praying for. Right. I thought that he was he was giving me what I've been asking for. And then I turned it down because that's not what I truly want. I don't want to keep moving around. Right. I want to be stationary. And then, but you know, when one door closes, a better one always opens. There's a sister at my mom's that then got me a full ride for a medical assistant program. Three months, in and out. But if I didn't stay strong, if I just accepted that offer, this would have never came in medical assistant page. Way more than like sales, right? Well, that sales, right? So sometimes he just wants to see where we are and hold on because he's talking to us always. Now, I'm not super big on, like, numbers, but I know that a lot like synchronicity. And I've been seeing angel numbers like crazy this last, like, month or two. But yesterday, I kept seeing 222 everywhere, all day, 222. And that number means to, like, believe in yourself, believe in your intuition. And I'm someone, I like to get people's perspective. I like to see their angles. But if I don't believe in myself, if I'm, if I'm not taking my own word for stuff, how can I really move forward if I'm doubting what I have already? And sometimes we think we're so far off the path. My uncle was talking yesterday. He was giving the, the Sunday lecture and he was saying that none of us are mistakes, right? Because some people aren't planned, but none of us are mistakes because Allah plans us, Right. And I was thinking I wasn't even that. I wasn't even a mistake. Like I was, I was a planned one, right? I'm thinking we're always like, we have to bring our atmosphere. We have to have that whatever about us. And in the teachings, they teach us that. And then I'm thinking I'm a people magnet. I'm effervescent. So I'm over here thinking I have so much work to do. And, I, and I'm not saying that I don't have any work to do. That would be crazy. But I'm saying that sometimes we think we're so far off the path and we're, we truly aren't. Um, that's all, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Let's go, thank you. Let's go to brother Daniel 6X. Yes, sir. I was, didn't really hear all that was read, but I do recall the study guide. So, uh, looking at Lot's wife and how the servants of Allah have to be willing to let go that which Allah has determined cannot go for it. It's very difficult. It makes me think about how Allah, Master Father Muhammad, used the son of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and how he had to play a role of destroyer. 
the minister said that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was crying so profusely. And learning this, it was like he was crying from his soul. And he said, I'll be your son. He, ex he experienced this with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad through out-of-body experience where he was in New York, where he traveled to Chicago out-of-body. That type of pain when one that comes from your loins that you love or a wife or a child or whatever has to be sacrificed to do a work that's not in line with what you were created to do is very painful. But it makes me think of the price of redemption and what we have to do to be one with Allah in the person and his two messiahs and the righteous community. So, you know, when I think about that, and I, of course I look at my own situation where I had to get a divorce for the same reason, it's, it's, it's painful, it's difficult, but I bear witness that on the other side of that is a purification and a growth and a closer oneness to the God when you can give up that which you say you love. But if Allah is determined, no, they got to be moved. If you want to continue this journey with me, then that's a decision that we have to make to move forward with the one God. And I learned, and I'll be quick, that that helps to destroy polytheism because Allah has no partners, no associates, and everything is done for our purification. And when we are not willing to let go that which Allah has ordained, I'm not talking about no emotionalism. I'm talking about this clear reality that the person, whether wife, children, or whatever, that we are holding on to is at that time adversarial to the God, then it becomes a test for that believer, him or her, to let go, let God and move forward. Yes, Assalamu alaikum. Let's go to Brother Dion. Assalamualaikum. Right, Brother Daniel Six and Sister Yasina dropping a heavy wisdom. I uh, always appreciate hearing you two and everybody else as well. Um, what I would want to say is that I believe that we have to, you know, really strive to study the minister. And of course, be guided by him because I, I, I think of my children, a few statements that were made. I have a 21 year old son, 28 year old son and more. But my 21 year old son, I was speaking to him a few days ago. Um, he's not registered. Uh, you know, he's challenged by the world. And we were having a conversation. And in short, I responded and said, son, I said, we living in a time of separation from believer and disbeliever. I just hit him like that. Because as he was speaking, I was getting angry thinking of the mind of this world opposed to the truth that we have from Allah God and the person of Master Father Muhammad. And I was saying to myself, I'm not going to allow that mentality to impose itself on my son when I know I have the truth. And I gave him the truth. And like the, like the minister said about the Most Honorable Muhammad, he said, he said, he said, brother, don't pay attention to how I'm saying what I'm saying, pay attention to what I'm saying, you put it in, in those fine words, you know. Same thing with us. We have to embed ourselves in the wisdom of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad because by Allah's grace, it'll it have us wise 
where we can actually reach our children, though we may not can control them, but we can plant seeds, as one sister said, but also we give them truth. The minister said truth is like light. So all we have to do is give them truth wisely, too, because because, you know, we have to be quick thinking, fast moving right down to the modern times, meaning the world is ever evolving. Satan is ever evolving. So we have to evolve too, where we can be wise enough to speak to our children instead of speaking from a formality aspect of nation teachings, which is wonderful and always should be on the forefront. But we should always be wise too, in regards to maneuvering to get the truth to our children. I'll say that. So I, I, I would say we have to cut straight, give them truth. Because they'll run into that truth. And by law's grace, I looked at my son when I said that. And I could tell he was thinking on it to say, wow, believer, disbeliever. And I told him the category that a believer and a disbeliever fall into. So I said that. And then I'll end on, on this. And my other son, 28, you know, not registered. By law's grace, he loved the teachings. But he was saying something one day. And the thought of uh, Noah's son came to mind. I said, well, son, in the Holy Quran. It says when, you know, uh, Noah, his son said, I will be take myself to a mountain thinking he will be OK. So I just cut it short there and I laid that on my son's mind. He was like, wow, pops. I, wow. And I just left it there to sit. So let's feed our children truth. We have the truth. It says the wisdom of this world is like folly unto God. So we have to have that courageous spirit to say this world is foolishness. Let's give our children the truth. Let Allah, by Allah's grace, guide them, but we give them the truth and demonstrate as much as we can by Allah's grace. Much more I want to say in regards to other comments, pardon me, but I'll end there. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Brother, brother B and J. Uh, peace, fam. Peace, fam. So, yeah, what I got from that scripture or surah is that, you know, we should love no one uh, above God, you know, that we should uh, obey no one above God, meaning that, you know, we, me, you know, I mean, we have a tendency to kind of like, you know, when we get a command from God, it is a questionable command because we might be in love with a certain family figure or not, you know, but what we have to understand is that that's the supreme being, which means that he already know 20 moves after you hear and obey, you know, like for instance, me, you know, like when I reflect on like the decisions that I've made, you know, my history is like, you know, when I get a command from the adversary of God, it's easy for me to obey it. Even if, you know, I'd be like, man, Okay, so this alcohol, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I know I shouldn't be drinking or whatever club I shouldn't be going or this particular system I and mean, I shouldn't be associating myself with. You know, then that thought I have come, you know, but we overcome it. You know what I mean? Like we kind of void it out and we still do the wrong thing. You know, but when God gives us these commands, it's like, man, it's like it's pulling a lot of it out of us, you know, even if we may think initially, wow. You know, I mean, you want me to take my son on this mountain and kill him. It, it's, it's, it's because we underestimate who the Supreme Being is. And what I think what he's trying to get us to 
you know, really improve on is the obedience level. You know what I mean? You know, and if we kind of really, you know, strive to, you know, uh, increase our level of obedience, you know, I think that our outcome would be more positive. I appreciate you allowing me to share. Yes, sir. Thank you. Let's go to Brother Martin. Salaam. Salaam. Let me start with first, um, our mere belief accounts for nothing unless it's carried into practice. I was tested over 30 years ago when I came into the teachings. I used to have my two sons with me everywhere. When I mean, I mean everywhere. And I used to think for a short while before the loss of my oldest son, man, what would I do if something happened to one of my sons? Until Allah took the oldest one back home to him. And started to understand, as Brother Daniel was talking about, with the polyism, with the polytheism with us and our family and our loved ones. Because we'll say things like, I love my child at death. Do you love your child at death? Or, or truly, are your prayers and your sacrifice, your life and your death, all for Allah? See, we, we got to be careful with these things. And then even after that, to find out that the other son that I had, was not my biological son after the loss of the first child and then taking custody of Malcolm, who's still my son, who we have a bonding relationship that I explained to him after the loss of his brother because he was the youngest one, that only Allah and him can separate us. So we'll always be united. So, you know, we have to just be careful in the things we profess on a consistent basis and make sure that it is the will of Allah. Salam Brother Winford. Yes, sir. Man, this hit this hit home uh too close. Um I had to, you know, uh say a few words on this one, man. Um you know, on the part where of course Noah, you know, Noah was you know, trying to uh, plead to Allah about his son. And Allah said, you know, hey, he's not of us. And, of course, you know, you know, me doing 15 years in a federal penitentiary, coming home, <clears throat> coming to a son, man, 15 years old, that I left in the streets, man, at 19, me going to prison and having to, uh, you know, see my old lifestyle, you know, in my son, man, and, I remember being in prison when he was three years old and he came to visit me. My dad had brought him up when he was three. And at the time I had been locked up, man, uh, three years. I had, I was 22 years old at the time. And I remember looking at it and I remember praying to a lot. Uh, even though I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't under the life giving teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad guided and taught by the Honorable Miss Louis Farrakhan, but I had already took my Shahada. I was I was in Al Islam. You know, I was already, you know, uh 
making salats. I was I was I was reading the Quran. I was already praying. I was, you know, uh, striving to, you know, get closer to Allah. And Allah is the is the all knower. So uh, I remember looking at him when he came to visit me, man. And I remember praying to Allah, saying, "Allah, you know, change my ways because I don't want to, you know, I don't I don't want to, you know, have to come back home and have to face my old self and my son." And you know, I I, I I I was continuously striving. You know, as years went by, uh, it was time for me to get out. So when I came home, at night at this time, I'm I'm down. I'm, I'm in the life giving teachings now. The most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Um, I come home. He's 15, and I'm looking at him. You know, uh, a reflection of me. And I'm looking at him, man, and I'm like. Man, I, I'm, I'm finally, I finally made it. I'm finally here. You know, I'm looking at my dad. I'm looking at my son. I'm looking at three generations. And, you know, uh, as I come back to society, you know, I'm striving to get myself together. I'm starting over and, 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 and the world is brand new to me. And this is my genesis again. Second opportunity, right? And as I'm continuously, you know, just, learning myself all over again man at 34 years old coming out of prison um you know it was ups and downs of course and you know how me and you met you know i finally meet you and then boom you know it, it really takes a toll you know and uh, i come all the way into the teaching man and i remember one time we was at service and uh i remember i brought my son to our study group and I, I introduced him to y'all and I remember that day was uh the time I stood up on the podium and we was we was all going and you know what has Islam done for you I remember that and he was there and I remember looking at him and he was sitting in the chair and he was just you know and I don't want to be here and this that and the other brother that was me fulfilling a well I'm not gonna say fulfilling the scripture but that was an experience that I had to experience Noah. And as you know, um, you know, man, I kept, I, I kept striving in the teaching and, and uh, striving to be a, a, a new parent, a new father, even though he was 15 and I was, you know, uh, of age. And, and, you know, when he got 16, 17, and I'm trying, I'm trying to talk to him, but he was, he was exactly, he was exactly how I was, bro. Uh, before I left the street, you know, when I was a part of the streets, when I was in them streets, man, even though I prayed to Allah when he was three, I said, man, I, Allah, I don't want to have to see my, my old self. And that's exactly what happened. I was looking at my old self again, you know, in my son. So that was a heavy trial, man. So a lot of times people say, I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in the Quran. I don't read those things. But the reality is you the you the book, you know, uh, Allah say study my creation. <laughs> So, so, so when we, when, when we, you don't have to have a book, a little, a literally physically, a physical book. All right. That was the time. Thank you for sharing. Uh, with that being said, let me remind everybody who are new on the call. Uh, if you're on a computer, if you keep your eyes on the top right hand side, uh, there is a timer there. And for those who are speaking on their phones, the team uh, gives you a countdown 
before they mute you inside of the chat. So they'll say two minutes, one minute and 30 seconds, 30 seconds. So just keep your eye out on that as you guys are speaking. But thank you for sharing. Let's go to Brother Horace. Brother Horace, going once. Yes, sir. Salam alaikum. You can hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I have a question, quick question. Uh, <clears throat> my oldest son, right? Uh, he's 31 right now. And he grew up while I was incarcerated, right? My parents were on the first ride. And he got all the teaching and he had the uniforms like my sons do right now. Today. My question is, is this. I don't know what it is. Ever since I've been home, I've been home almost 10 years now. My oldest son, he does everything that he know irks me. Like, he in New Orleans, we have Mardi Gras crews, right? And there's one crew called Rex. And it's the most racist parade group of white men here in New Orleans, right? What he do, he go get a white girl get her pregnant, and name, the, name my grandson Rex. He do everything that, like, just blows me, right? But he knows the teaching. He was in the teaching when my parents was living because that's who raised him while I was in prison, right? My question is, this is my blood, Brother Ben. No matter at the end of the day, this is my blood. I don't want to leave him, bro. But, you know, if, if a lot doing me, you know, gonna test me like he tests lot in North. I mean, that's, 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 that's a hard pill to swallow right there, man. Like, you know, cause I don't want the streets to get him and then be sitting in front of his casket and be like, you know, man, I wish I would've did this. I wish I would've did that. Not to say that I'm questioning a lot, but I'm just trying to figure out if there's a way around that. It was just a question. Um, has, has that child ever expressed, have you ever asked him why? And what was his answer? Brother Horace. My bad. I just made it to where you can uh, meet yourself. Uh, okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. I, I've sat down with this, this with, with this with this boy, and I've asked him like, "What's the problem?" Like, I knew I wasn't. I have six kids, and he's the oldest. Mm -hmm. And uh, like the other day, he made a post on on Instagram. He said, "It's crazy how my dad could post up at the mine with my little brothers and everybody in uniform, but we never been in uniform." And I begged him to like, you know what I'm saying? You a grown man. I can't get no uniform made for you right now. You got to earn that. But he don't want it like that. You know? But he, like, when I ask him what's the problem, he, you know, he plays it off like, you know, Dad, it's just time that, you know, we were apart for so long. And I'm like, man, you're a grown man now. You know what I'm saying? My parents raised you, you know, and they raised this boy inside the nation. You know what I'm saying? Out of my six kids, he the first to be raised inside the nation hold and on, got away from let's go back. Let's go, let's, let's go back. You said that he said something about you being posted at the mosque 
with them in uniform, but you haven't taken pictures with him in a uniform? What does he mean by that? Me, you know, the FOI uniform. I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old, and, and uh, you know, me and my wife got a sister to make them some uniforms. And, you know, we go to the mines like yesterday, you know, we'll post pictures of, you know, we all together at the mines with our uniforms on. That's what he means. Does he feel like you haven't spent enough time with him? Like, what does he mean by that? You haven't taken a picture with me in a uniform. I, 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 I haven't talked to him about it. I just seen the post when somebody sent it to me. Because he had me blocked on social media. But uh, I just, you know, when I saw, when I, when I received the post, I was just like, you know, I don't know. I asked him time and time again, Brother Ben, what have I done you to, you know, come this way at me? Like, you know what I'm saying? And when, you know, like every Sunday we go to the mines, I'm in FY uniform. My sons are in FY, my wife and her garment. You know, this is what we do, you know? And, uh, and for him to put a post out there and say that, it kind of like hit me. That's why this morning I was like, a lot do everything for a reason. I was like, it was for something for me to be at work to jump on the Zoom call. But that was my question, though, man. Like, how could, you know, if there's anything, you know, I can't do to prevent from leaving him. You know what I'm saying? Let me ask you this real quick. Has he ever felt like you was too busy for him because you was with the, at, at the mosque? Or like you say, this is what we do. Has he ever felt like you choosing that over me? My wife, my wife said, my wife said it's probably that. But mm-hmm. when I do talk to him and I ask him, Brother Ben, he don't give me no straight answer. Like, you know. It always leads off to, you know, man, you ain't raised me. My grandma them raised me, you know? Let me, uh, I'm going to share something with you from the minister <clears throat> real quick. Uh, and then I, I'll answer your question. Let me see. All right, because there's two things I would like to, there's two things I'd like to share, but uh, I'm, I'm going to start with this. Let me see. All right, so here's the first one that I would like to share. They're not children, and they're not adult. They're in between, and there's a pull sometimes to go back to the child, to go forward, to be more adult. And then worse than that, they're in between the change of two worlds. The world of the white man and the world of evil is on his way out yes, and a world of righteousness is on his way in. Now, children at that critical stage, you know, talk, don't get it. Them children need parental care. I mean, as a mother and a father, we got to be with ours. This is a mistake that I made. That's why preachers' children are sometimes the worst that they are. I'm not saying that mine is bad, but preachers' children ain't sometimes worth a damn. <laughs> but you don't know why. You don't know why. The preacher himself makes them no damn good. How did the preacher do that? Because the preacher preaches so damn much about a righteousness and he neglects his children and he drives them away from the very thing he's supposed to be calling them to. You can't be all for God and not for your children. We can't be all for God and not our wives. 
We can't be all for God and don't have a home life. You drive your children away because your children say, well, damn it, if you love this God and this Jesus and I can't get none of your time, well, F you and God and Jesus, I'm going to do my thing. Now, that may sound wrong, but that's what they're saying in their actions. All right. So that's one. That's, that's, that's one of the things that came to mind. And the second thing, the second thing that I wanted to share was this as, as, a, as a start to the solution. And watch the love grow through the power of forgiveness. But don't leave yourself out. Then we as parents who love our children but we make mistakes, say to your son and your daughter, Look, son, daughter, is there anything that I have said or done that offended you that I need to ask your forgiveness for? And then don't try to defend yourself. Just listen to your children. And should they tell you what they've been wanting to tell you, then you just be quiet. And if you hear truth coming out of their mouths, don't you say, well, look, I'm your mother. They know that. <laughs> Tell your child, sweetheart, I am sorry. And I'll do my best to never let that happen again. And when you empower your children to forgive each other and to forgive you and me as parents, then the bitterness and the rage that they carry can be released through the power of forgiveness. So that's the other thing I wanted to share. So to answer the question, I don't think that you should give up on them and say, hey, man, Lot and Noah had to go through it. Abraham had to sacrifice, so I'm just sacrificing. No, no, no. Do all that you can for the child. Be there for them in their mistakes. Still be their father. Let them know that no matter what decision you make, I may disagree with it, but I'm still going to be here as your father. And what I hear when I when I hear you taking pictures with them, but not me, it's time that's needed. And the time and, and watch this. This is what I this is what I believe, because I'm putting myself in the child's position and I've had similar thoughts. I believe that in you, see, see the, the teachings, we are the teachings. The teachings is rising above emotions into the thinking of God. In this situation with your son, you're going to have to rise above emotions into the thinking of a God. Uh, the, uh, 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 mixed feelings in controversy. That's what this is. So in this study guide, it say, put your, Put your, put your shoe, put yourselves in the shoes of Mother Clara. And then it talks about feeling what she feels. Let's put our, let's put ourselves in his shoes and feel what he feels. And the reason I said we are the teachings, he know who the original man is. Oh, he got the student enrollment. Ah, oh, 57 million, 255,000 square miles of land. But what he needs from father is for you to rise above emotions into the thinking of God and then come ask me for forgiveness. 
Hey, man, I know I wouldn't know. I got into some trouble, whatever, that I had time away. But, hey, man, is there anything? And and in those actions, not the message to the black man in America and our Savior has arrived, we know that's the truth. But it's these soft skills that the minister is teaching us to have over time with our wives, with our husbands, with our children. To me, this is what I believe, that will actually be the thing that drives them back into the teachings. He know the you like you say he know the teachings, but what he want to see is okay them study guys though. What I need is that part, the time part, the asking for forgiveness part, and then watch this. Not asking. Look at what look at what it said in study guide eighteen last week. Not asking why with the wrong spirit, but asking why with the right spirit, and and you can tell spirit by tone. It's not but well, what I do, boy. Damn man, you. Son, what did I do? I'm looking to make it right. Anything that I've done wrong, I'm seeking. You know, and that's going to be hard to do, man. It's hard. It's hard. Man, I'm telling you, it's hard. You know? Um, but, that's that, but that's what needs to be done. I believe when I hear you taking it with them, but you're not taking it with me. There's, there's a void. There's, there's maybe feeling of abandonment. There may be feeling of you left. It's, it's something. Whatever it is, that's what needs to be. And I think the right spirit will bring it out. And then consistency. If there, if he feels like there has been a lack of consistency, whatever the case may be, just show up. Even if he rejected, be there. Because we're going to be tough. Yeah, yeah let me see. Yeah, I'm, no, I don't want to go. But deep down, we want to go. Hey, man, you want me to come? Nah, I'm good. But deep down, he, he wants you to be there. That's we got to, you know, as young men, we growing up, we, we, we want to be tough, man. We want to we want you to prove to me you really want. So I'm a, so I'm going to be rebellious in the beginning. Yeah. No, nah, nah, I'm good. I don't, I don't need nothing. But man, hey, he wants you to be there because I didn't have my biological father. And even in me not knowing my biological father. He ain't never called. I ain't never heard. I don't know what my biological father sound like. But when I was a child, without me knowing him, I knew I had a biological father that, that wasn't there. But deep down, I said, man, I wonder. I used to look. Man, I used to Google my biological father's name just to see if pictures would come up. I would. Do we got any videos? Do anybody got any pictures? And he ain't did nothing for me. So deep down, that son wants that relationship with his father. It's just these things that the minister has taught us that we're going to have to rise above emotions with the right spirit and just do it and just do it over time. And I think, you know, he, he, he'll, uh, you know, he'll come around. So this is not the time to judge him. Um, one thing that Brother Malik, you know, when I was dropping out of college, I was into it with my family. And Brother Malik said, if you make this decision, here are the consequences. If you make this decision, here are the consequences with this. But no matter what decision you make, I'll be there for you. Man, that was the biggest thing he could have said for me at that time. I'm finna drop out of college and quit basketball. Something that they have invested in me to do since, since I was young. This is a big decision. 
Every paper I had in elementary school said I want to be an NBA All-Star. They didn't invested in shoes, teams, travel, hotels. Man, I'm finna drop, I'm finna make a decision that's finna upset all my family. And to have someone at that time that tells me, here are the consequences if you stay. Here's the consequences if you drop out. But no matter which one you make, I'm gonna be there with you. Man, that was huge, man. So that's all he need. I think, you know, I, I don't know him, but um, I think if you just try that and 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 of course ask him with the right spirit, hopefully that'll help. So hopefully, man, that was a good answer, inshallah. Uh, they give you something to move off of. Uh, let's go to Brother Lamar. Brother Lamar. I can't hear anything. Brother Lamar Thomas. Going once, going twice. Let's go to Brother Malik, Antoine X. Or Malik, whichever one. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum Now, um, just in response to the brother, because I have a, um, a similar situation where I was missing in one of my son's life while he was a young boy. And sometimes what we got to realize is, even though they grown now, that little boy that wanted to be with his pops is still in there. And like you said, he, he, um, the son may have, um, some missing in him. Like he missed something. So I tripped with my son. He was, um, 20 some years old, but still want, he had his own family and everything, but he still wanted to come live with me up under my roof just so he could fulfill a part of him that was missing. Cause I wasn't there for, like a lot of years when he was young, like two, three, four, five. So your your son, he still got that little boy part of him that he need fulfilled, where he needs you to be there as if he was a young child, just to fulfill that part of him that that he missing. That's a void in him that needs to be filled. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum brother Tony. Brother, Yes, sir, brother. I'll pray to Allah. First of all, I want to thank you, brother Ben, for what you're doing, brother. You're doing a good job. And I want to thank everybody for the answers that they're giving. And I just want to deal with the registered part. Because what I'm seeing is, I asked myself a question. Am I a registered Muslim? I, I did the format. I wrote my letter. And in the word register, you got ED, which means past tense. Right? Meaning it's already happened. And then dealing with our children. I got... Nine children. One of my sons is incarcerated, been locked up 17 years. He practices Islam to a certain degree. But in our children is rebellion. Likewise, and so deals with ourselves. So I like the way we have to put on each other's shoes. And then an old man told me one time, he said, Tony, I'm listening to you. And I'm trying to understand you. He said, better to try to understand than to be understood. So when we start putting on the shoes or the moccasins and so forth, the other people, we put ourselves in their situation. It's how we react. I know what it's like not to have a father and just wonder how he looks. Is that my biological daddy? I saw my father two times in my whole life. 
I know what it's like to be a father and not be there for your child and you stuck and caught up in the streets. But this is a, a pandemic that we've been going through for the last 400 and some odd years. So in, the only thing that we can do, the solution is, is to come up out of it by way of the teachings. Brother Ben said that we have to use the teachings, become the teachings. Don't give them the message to the black man. Just let them see it. You pray for them and you leave it alone. So as we become good examples, then we grow into the mindset of God and do what we're supposed to do, rising above our emotions. Don't get caught up and don't get lost in the sauce. Just continue to teach our children, uh, be good examples for our children, whether they accept it or reject it. But we did our job and the blood is off our hands. Salam alaikum rahmatullahi to a lot of better culture. Walaikum salam. Man, when I was with Brother Captain Dennis on tour for about 30 days, man, we hit the whole East Coast it was just going into different barbershops. One thing that I heard him say, he said, I youth don't care how much we know. They just want to know how much we care. Mm. Do we have any? Golly. Let's go to Brother Wesley. Assalamu alaikum. Um, I, I definitely love how this, this conversation, this study is going in this direction. Um, and then kind of also to, to dovetail on, on what we're speaking on now on that parent or that father-son relationship because i was on that other end of doing what it appears to be which i thought i wasn't but when i look back now on my life really going back and being rebellious and doing everything i could to rebel against what i knew was right like my father's been in the nation since the early 90s and i've always been around the teachings always listening to the lectures always been giving me um the teachings in a way that was digestible to me um since a child but as I got older and we had a bit of a strain due to him, you know, putting me out, out of his house based off my rebelliousness, based on my arrogance, based on my uh, ignorance, really, because I thought that I knew what I was doing when in all actuality, I needed guidance. I needed accountability. Um, and then being able to get to this point now, 32 going on 33 and finally making a clear decision and my own decision to be able to join the nation and, and go through my process um, of becoming um, a registered Muslim. And, and just knowing that now when I have conversations with my father, just to be able to see the smile on his face based on his example. And that's where I really would like to take what I'm saying as well is that that's where we want to constantly be working on our example and our explanation and rising above emotions because in us remaining in our study and getting clearer and clearer and closer to Allah, we're able to explain our position, explain what we're doing and why we're doing it so that we as children can really understand why we may have to have a little distance between those or why we do have to get a little bit of correction or be um, put in a position where we may not understand now. But now, once you do get that understanding, it makes so much more sense. And that relationship can get repaired based on the example being shown of how to do it the proper way. My father never cursed at me. My father never said, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? He's always, whether I knew it or not, or was seeing it for what it truly was, he is always showing me the right way, but in a way that was loving, in a way that was patient and was patient for me for over 19 years for me to get to this point right now. And I just see so much blossoming from our relationship based on his patience, based on his love and him continuously staying in study, continuously working on himself and improving himself before my eyes. That's how I was able to get closer to him. Um, so just being able to to repair within myself, me getting my own personal relationship with Allah opened my eyes up to see what Allah was doing through my father as well. So assalamu alaikum. Praise be to Allah. Sister Joanne. 
Hi, Assalamualaikum. Brother Ben, I want to thank you. I appreciate you bringing up the study guide. Um, and I thank the brothers for sharing what they've shared. So I guess maybe I'm trying to get a perspective on the brothers who, um, I guess, dealing with a son who's a senior in high school that's like wanting to live with a cousin instead of his father. Um, I don't know what that's like. If he's seeking... I don't know. I'd rather he live with his dad, but for some reason he wants to live with a cousin who um, is, I think he feels he needs to, he needs that environment of a two parent household. So I don't know what that's like as for a male child, you know, seeking that, I guess just trying to get some perspective because I'm in the rising above emotion and how to deal with that. Did you ask him why? Yeah, I guess more on the male perspective. I mean, he's a senior in high school and just hearing, you know, other brothers speaking and sharing their experiences with their sons. I guess I'm more sharing it on the mother's perspective. Like, why would you want to live with the cousin instead of the father? Yeah. Did you ask him why? What did he say? That's what he was saying. He feels he needs, he likes that environment of having a two-parent household. And I think he feels like his father, he has, uh, his father has other children. So he feels like, oh, you know, there's not space for him there, which there isn't. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't have anything other than what was stated, um, maybe somebody who's been in that position. Um, but yeah, it sounds like he just feels like he won't fit in and that he won't get the attention uh, that he needs. And I think the solution for that would be, you know, his father actually showing him that there is room or making room for him. But I don't think anything can change his perspective outside of his father um, showing some action. But the reason I think that he's doing it is, is for the reason that he gave, like, what he, he would like to grow up in a certain environment and that there's no room for him. Um, does the father, uh, is the father trying to have him in his life? I mean, it's there for him if he wants it. So that's, you know, yeah. And you're right. Environment wise. Yeah. Um, the cousin, again, he's, you know, more stable, got, you know, children to parent household so i get it it's just you know i have a thing about it like no go live with your dad so i guess again just hearing um the brothers sharing their experiences with their sons it's you know it's hitting home yes ma'am let's go to brother tony Assalamu alaikum, family. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Oh, oh praise be to Allah. Uh, basically, all, all I would like to say is just adding to, to what my sister just said. Children have expectations just like we have expectations. We have expectations as far as we want our children to go to school, get a good job, be educated, do good in life. Likewise, they have expectations. We don't meet their expectations. 
sometimes what they do is rebel. So you, you hear our brothers and our sisters on the phone talking about the rebelliousness or the disobedience of the child. But we have to also, once again, look at the, look at what they're going through. Look at it from their eyes and their perspective. They don't think like us. If I'm 50 and 60 and I'm expecting a 20-year-old or 15-year-old to think the way I think, it don't work like that. And times have changed as well as uh, a lot of other things, uh, circumstances and situations. So we just have to look into how the child feels, try to communicate with the child. And at the end of the day, it's all about being a good example. Like uh, my brother King Cam said, just be a good example. And that's what won him over. So if it'll win him over and be patient, which is long suffering, it'll win the child over also one day. So, but the child will pick up the Islam or whatever he needs in order to survive at his own given time. Trials purify. Salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. We got MK. MK. Boy, that's a deep study guide today, boy. I'm I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you so much, Brother Ben, for this. This is good therapy for all of us just to be able to have a voice, uh, a platform where we can communicate and put out here what we are going through. And so I really uh, want to thank you and Minister Farrakhan for this. This is just awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so Minister Farrakhan, what he was sharing, he's my spiritual father. He's so much like my dad, but he is the spiritual father that my dad never was. But my dad was a taskmaster, but he was the best father for me. Wasn't perfect, but the best father for me. What I, also, what I wanted to share was that um, my mother died when I was a toddler, so I never knew her. And then uh, being raised by a very domineering kind of father <clears throat> that it was his way or the highway so you grow up under that in a lot of fear right so you become an adult and you have all of the fear that you grew up with in a dysfunctional family picking up all of that negative energy from your environment school church, wherever it is that you went, you absorbed all of that. Then you find yourself crying and you don't know why you're crying. Someone will say, well, why are you crying? Honey, what's wrong? You, your, your emotions are so jumbled up, you can't even make a complete sentence. You don't even know. So at that point, you may even uh, consider suicide because you don't see your way clear and you don't have enough wisdom to be able to, you know, understand all of what's going on. And so you need someone just to come sometimes just to sit with you and hug you. Don't say nothing, but just be present. Hug you or whatever. Hold your hand. Feel the touch. Maybe you didn't get the touch from your mom gone. Dad, he's in his own world trying to make things happen to take care of the family. And he's frustrated. So you don't get the hug that you need and everything. So anyway, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Because they do give life. 
And the more I sit and I listen to Minister Farrakhan, he helped pull the Leviathan up out of my deep subconscious that something had happened to me. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. That was the time. Thank you for sharing. Um, <clears throat> you, you actually made me think about something. And it is uh, the minister saying that we are, no, not you, I'm sorry, Brother Wesley. He said that uh, rebellious actions are typically a cry. Our, uh, a cry out for attention from my experience. That's what I wanted. So I did everything to get it, but in an unhealthy way. And that makes me think that when the minister says we are righteous by nature, Wicked only by circumstance. And a part of the 85% is that the 85% don't understand cause and effect. They believe in a mystery God. And so if we know there is no mystery God and we are supposed to understand cause and effect, instead of looking at the cause, I mean the effect, to get down to some of the solutions to what we are asking about is to look at the cause. What is the cause of this? Because by nature, you want your father. By nature, you want your mother. By nature, there are certain things that would take place. So if you are not acting like that, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad calls it acting other than yourself. So we just got to look at what the root cause is. And if we can find the cause, then we can start to reverse engineer and see what happened. And then we can see how to undo it. Kind of like how we are learned or taught how Yakub made devils. And then he said, I am Yakub in reverse. And then he just reversed that process. Well, I have gotten this way towards you because there has not been any time. Bingo. There it is. I found my cause. How do I, uh, I, I yeah. so how do I reverse that? Put in more time. Put in more time. I felt this way because I have not, you have not shown me love. You have not spoken. Okay, well, there's my cause. Let me start the boom, boom, boom. And it's going to be over time. The minister, I mean, shoot, we taught that, man, look, we, we got here over a time of 400 years. It'll take a little time for us to, you know, get it ain't going to be cold turkey. It ain't going to be, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, son. I'm sorry. And the next day, everything finna be peaches and cream. No, it's going to take a little time um, for, for us to do it. But honestly, man, what I found is that the time that it takes is just a little, it's just a little buffer to see if you're really serious. They don't want to be like that. Think about ourselves. We like that with somebody. It may be your wife. Man, I'm acting like I'm mad. You really don't want to be separated in the dang house. You know you want, you don't want to be, but it's you just, you just like that for the time being. But naturally inside of us, we want to be loved. We want to be at peace. We want to be, we don't want to, we don't want drama in our life. We just acting like that because of a because of, because of a cause, because of something else. And if we just deal with that. We all want to get back to that natural state of peace. Who wants to live life in hell? 
So so sometimes we are created like it. And you know what? What this also reminds me of I, I, one of my favorite shows is Iyanla Van Zant, right? The Fix My Life. Man, if we go study that, oh my goodness. Some of the problems are so deep where the mother is acting a certain type of way and the root cause of it. I know we look at the effect, my mama not this for me, my daddy not this for me. But when she goes in and she questions them with the right spirit and she does those experiments, oh, your mother didn't have a mother. She is really, yeah, she older. Yeah, she getting wrinkled. Yeah, she appears to be old, but she's still a little girl who's, who's, who has a void in her too. And that is trickling down. I mean, I mean, the, some of those stories are mind-blowing because we simply look at the cause and do, do exactly what the study guides say. We think about how it affects us personally. No, my mama did this. My dad, my cousin, my sister, they did. And this is how I feel. But when you go into why they feel like that and why they doing that, oh, man, it opens up your mind. And in one time, one situation, there was a guy, he was viral on social media. Didn't have his father, couldn't get the attention. And, and the conclusion was he did, like Brother Wesley said, he did things. He knew better, but he would do extreme things to, like, get attention because what he was really sinking and missing was the attention of his parents. Another situation was, watch this. Ah, right, this one was deep. He didn't have that authority type of figure. So he would do bad things, and subconsciously he was getting the attention that he needed from the authorities, the police. So he would do like evil things, crimes, and he was getting that. He was getting attention, but the but the attention that he needed was the authority figure in his life from a man. But he was attracting and getting instead the authorities who was disciplining him in another. So it was deep, man. This stuff is really deep, man. I, I, all I get from all of this, man, uh, as I just read the study guys and look at all these shows and stuff like that, is that. You know, uh, we just acting other than ourselves and we are righteous by nature. And it is a circumstance that made us that way. It is a circumstance. And if we can and if we can kind of remove our emotions of how this effect is, is causing me to feel, we can get to that cause and, 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 and over time reverse engineer and fix it. Let's go to Sister Aina. hear me yep we can hear you <clears throat> yes no maybe so we can hear you oh oh wait i can't hear you can you hear me now can you hear me yeah i can hear you now thank you <clears throat> yeah i just want to say um when you started talking um it brought up to me um when the minister said that the, the, the moment the egg hit the sperm, it knows whether it's wanted or not. And um, when it's not wanted, that's when you see like people always trying to impress. You see the, the strong man lifting the table with his teeth and, and then the, the fat woman on the table and he lift that. You know, we do over extremes like that. And also... Um, Dr. Student Minister, Sister Ava Muhammad, may Allah forever be pleased with her, 
said that <clears throat> um, when the sometimes you see cases when a child just can't stand his mother, and you, and the mother hasn't done anything, done everything right, but but the child just can't stand it, and it's some that stems from when um, the mother didn't want the child, you know. So in those cases like that, we pray and we pray hard, and a lot, you know, will throw our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. That's what that brought up with me, and um, when you was talking. But I originally raised my hand for this. I wanted to say this <coughs> that um that this is a good call today. I want to thank Allah and the brother for setting it off because we went deep into our person, and I like that. And I'm proud of us. So, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you for sharing, Brother Gerald. Brother Gerald. Brother Gerald. Assalamu alaikum. I'm sorry, Brother Gerard. Go ahead. Okay. Yes, sir. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. All right. Yes, sir. My apologies. Uh, what I was thinking about with this, uh, I remember doing a rice experiment. And I think everybody, uh, if you get a chance, you should do it. Um, it's a rice experiment. You can actually find it online where you take three cups of rice, you put water in it, and uh, you talk to the rice. And you say to one, you know, one cup, I love you every day. The other cup, I hate you. And then the other one, you leave it alone. And if you look at what ha what happened when I did the experiment is the rice that I said I love you to, it stayed white. Um, the rice that I said I hated you, I hate you to, it started molding. And then the rice that I didn't show no attention to molded the worst. And so that shows how important attention is, whether it be bad or good, it's needed. Because it shows that child that they exist, that, um, you know, it's, it's just a, some, something in us that makes us feel the need to be in existence. I guess I don't know what it is, but never, nevertheless, it's ultimately attention. And if you don't give somebody or something attention, they're going to seek it somewhere because ultimately no attention at all is worse than negative attention. And um, also... I know the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said pain is the mother of creativity. So the pain that we're going through, we have to understand it's going to, it's for the greater good. Like I think about you, Brother Ben, I thank Allah for you because even though you didn't have a father, you are a bigger father than most men in this world. And, and same thing with Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He took two men that didn't have a father and made them bigger fathers. You know, brother Ben, you younger than me. And I look at you as like a father figure because you moving us, like the minister said further. And so at the time you had to go through that pain, but look at what that pain created. And so the same thing with us going through our trials, we have to understand that the pain that we're going through is going to bring something about that's greater than the pain itself, like like a mother giving birth. She goes through that pain, but you can't focus on the pain. You got to think on the end result. What is this pain going to produce? Allah has something in plan. 
So we can't just focus on the pain. We got to look at what Allah is trying to birth up out of us. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. All praise is due to Allah. Um, something that came to mind about this attention. I'm sure we'll get to it as we get to that study guide. I think it's called the God within study guide. But because we are direct descendants of God and that our essence is God, remember God wants to be the center, right? But when we are underdeveloped, we basically overuse that, overdo it. So we got to control that God part of us that wants to, that wants to be the center of everything. So because that God is within, there is an, a certain inkling of wanting to be the center and wanting that attention. We just have to control it, but we'll get into that as we go into the, um, into the study guide. But, um, man, this is deep, deep study guide. I thank everybody for sharing this morning. Uh, this is good. This is why everybody needs to invite somebody on in the morning. Look at how this thing, I mean, this thing, I mean, look at, I mean, on Facebook, I'm seeing people, uh, talking about their problems and, 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 and getting solutions and things of that nature. And let me say this as we, uh, close this thing out with, I see you brother Daniel six X. Sometime when we going through a trial, we kind of, uh, some people go away from the mosque or they, they, they stop watching the lectures or they stop going to study group. What I found is when you're going through something, bro, that is the perfect time. And I know it's probably cliche, duh, right? But I'm telling you, that is the perfect time to go. I know you feel drained. I don't feel like going. I don't have it in me to listen. I don't, but man, when you are going through something, you hear it differently. You, I mean, the words, I'm talking about lift up off the page. And it's like, man, they got to be talking to me. Because when things are, but, but yes, sir, I know y'all, I see your brother King John. I, I see you down there. When things are, are going good, it's like you reading it, but you just read it. You know what I mean? You just, you, you know, you, 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 you reading it, but it's like, man. It's good knowledge. It sounds good, but it's like the minister when he say, you know, you you clapping and you treat me like a lovely song. But boy, when you going through mixed feeling and controversy, when you when you in an emotional state and you reading, rising above emotions into the thinking of God, it's really the medicine that we really need. Oh man, it's really it's really medicine. So I encourage us, man. Uh, and watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Do it on your own too. Don't wait until you get to study group. Don't wait until Sunday. Don't wait until Monday. Look, Lot couldn't save his wife because Lot was faithful. Come on, y'all ain't, man, they not, y'all not. Man, Lot could not save his wife because he was faithful. Abraham, listen. None of the ones that we read, God said, okay, let me see what you did. Okay, because you were such a faithful servant of mine, I'm going to bring in your son. I'm a so we have a personal relationship with God. Do we want to read what our children, yeah. Do we want to, as a family? Absolutely. We want to have, a, we want to get them moments in. But 
Don't wait on your wife to say, let's read. Don't wait on your husband to say, let's read. You have a direct relationship with the God yourself. When you, you, you going through something that your wife don't even know you going through. You going through something that your husband don't even know you going through mentally. Everything is not, I mean, you ain't, the minister talked about, man, he don't come home and tell mother Khadija about all the problem he dealing with at the mouth. He says, well, she, she can't solve it. You just sitting there just dumping it all on her or she dumping it all on you. So, man, listen, you, we got to individually have our own relationship with God. Yes, together, read together, go to study group together. I'll do all that together. But still on, on our own time, we got to continuously develop and read and study. That's not on nobody else to make you do. That's not on nobody else to make you watch that video that you need. That's on you. Because based on their work, you're not going to get into the hereafter based on what he did or what she did. He's going to look at all of us individually. So something just wanted me to share that. Let's go to Brother Daniel 6X. Yes, sir. That's beautiful wisdom, great brother. Beautiful wisdom. Um, with the points that I was hearing shared, the message that came to my mind wherein the Honorable Minister Farrakhan addressed, addressed this in great detail is a message entitled, and I'm quite sure you heard it, Brother Ben, The Problem in Relationships. He was dealing with drugs, but he was really dealing with how all of our issues are related to our problems in relationships, be it parents, be it fellow brothers and sisters, all that type of things. And he went really, really, really deep into the solutions to the problems in relationships and he was also dealing heavily with uh the most honorable Elijah Muhammad's son war of dean and how the problem in that relationship was a pivotal reason why our great brother took the route that he did so i would recommend that message the problem in relationships and um a lot of the family touched on it but that would from the messiah give full explanatory wisdom on what we we're discussing today. Assalamu alaikum, fam. And I have a video I would like to end with. I just remember that the minister said something similar. Of course, if I'm saying some of wisdom, you know who I got it from. It wasn't from me. Uh, so let me uh let me download. Man, I got it. Man, I told you, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a shirt. I'm gonna do some merch, y'all, called Clip Guy. Would y'all support that? <laughs> Clip Guy. <laughs> Well, I got a clip. I got the clip for you, boy. I really post it for me, though. Like, I, a lot of stuff I be, not everything, but a lot of stuff I post, it may be what I'm going through. It's really healing for me. And I'm like, man, if I know if it's helpful for me, it's helpful for somebody else. So just when I'm going through it, I know how I can just go research it and find it again. That's what it really be. Let me show y'all something. Let me. But this the one right here. We're going to end off with this. This is what we're going to end off with today right here. Listen closely. God is closer. So you develop your connection to him and call on him. He listens, he hears, he responds. May Allah bless you. Just remember what I say. You don't need no preacher. You need to develop your own closeness to the God who gave you life. That's what I do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
There it is. So I thank y'all for listening. I will see you guys tomorrow morning, inshallah, 8 a.m. If you guys would like to be my guest this Friday. Now, we on here and we virtual, but it's something about being in person, right? So www.noistudygroup.com. If you have never visited your local Muhammad, Muhammad Mosque um, or study group locally, go to NOI studygroup.com and then we're going to reach out to you help you get the address and give you the instructions on um what you need to do when you get there so i would like for you to be my guest this friday i would like for you to be my guest this friday www.noistudygroup.com and for registered believer invited you to this then of course get back with them you will be their guest but if you not be my guest this friday so i thank y'all for listening assalamu alaikum see you guys tomorrow is Brother Ben here? Brother Ben. Now Ben got a heck of a program. A lot of people listening to Brother Ben. And Ben tells them about the minister. And Ben tells them about the minister.